0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, July 6, 2014. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator this morning. And the share ID for Friday, July 4th, is 6609. That's 6609. This morning, A Vision for You presents We Found the Great Reality deep down within us. Powerless, that is the conclusion of step one. Inside of our own skin, our body, our mind, our will, we have no effective power with respect to our binge foods or binge eating behaviors. We have no choice The mental obsession condemns us to compulsively overeat when we don't want to. And the phenomenon of craving condemns us to continue compulsively overeating once we start. And even when we're not compulsively overeating, our life is unmanageable. Our effort, our desires, our energy, our wish and even our necessities have not delivered the hope for results. We are restless, irritable, and discontent. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. In fact, they failed utterly. Lack of power is the dilemma. We have to find a power other than ourselves. The 12 steps are a specific method for producing this spiritual awakening, this personal transformation. And these results give us freedom from the bondage of food. We are changed in the way we think. We are changed in the way we feel. And especially we are changed in the way we behave. And what distinguishes the 12-step process from self-help programs Is that this change is done to us, not by us? Here to speak on We Found the Great Reality Deep Down Within Us is Stacey W. Stacey resides from Union Grove, Wisconsin. She is a recovered compulsive overeater and eager to carry the message of recovery to us this morning. And welcome and thank you, Stacey W.
1: Good morning. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Okay. Um, Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, and um, I'm actually in Texas sharing this message this morning. I'm here visiting my sister, and um, my niece is one that I've never met before, and that's definitely a result of the program. Um, So, with that, I will get started. Um, I want to start with a little um, story that I've heard in my sharing or my um, experience of listening to to speakers and my reading, and um, it so describes what Leah just spoke about uh, that we found the great reality deep down within, and um, that has been my experience. She asked me to choose a a Title for my talk and and that was the one that has spoke the most to me this past year of my journey, because I've looked everywhere, everywhere other than within me um, and that's where the great reality and the answer always has been um, so the The reading goes like this: um, a beggar had been sitting by the side of the road for over thirty years. One day, a stranger walked by. There's some change, mumbled the beggar, mechanically holding out his old baseball cap. I have nothing to give you, said the stranger. Then he asked, what's that you're sitting on? Oh, nothing, replied the beggar, just an old box. I've been sitting on it for as long as I can remember. Ever looked inside, asked the stranger. No, said the beggar. What's the point? There's nothing in here. I've been sitting here for 30 years. Have a look inside, said the stranger. The beggar managed to open the lid. With astonishment, disbelief, and elation, he saw that the box was filled with gold. And I love this story because that's how I feel that um, a vision for you and um, they're the strangers, and, and my sponsor that I found were the strangers that through the book and through the steps brought me to a relationship with my higher power which was inside of me. You know, I'd been holding onto this for so many years, but it was was covered by so much, by pomp, calamity, by worship of other things. It had just been covered and covered by so many things. And, and I've been taught and helped to uncover those things to, to tap into that resource. So um, with that, um, my abstinence date is, june 2013 and i cannot give you specific dates because i just was that foggy when i came in so last june sometime i um i took my last bite of abstinence or non-abstinent food i took my last bite of my binge foods um i actually came into oa for the last time or for the first time um last february uh i had not i had not found a book Studying, meeting yet at the time, and a lot of the people I was sitting in meetings with were regularly, and I was among them, just kind of eating our, our binge foods and joining together, and and then we would kind of pat each other on the back and say it's going to be okay. And the last time that I binged, which was June of last year, I um, I I basically I went to my favorite fast food restaurant on the down the road from my house and it had been a couple of months since I had eaten that substance and it affected me so quickly because I hadn't had it in so long and um, I basically passed out on the couch and was pretty much like drooling and I was with the kids and they were they were a little alarmed I don't want to say scared they're teenagers but they were a little alarmed at um, how weird I was acting and I I was so stoned on sugar. Um it was that was my last my last vote. Um before I came in though, um I um I uh I was at I was I, well you know what I'm jumping ahead. Let me let me just start from the beginning. Um mm-hmm. so it's been a year and um basically the way that I have managed to hold on to that um abstinence through the past year is by hooking up with a sponsor, um, through a vision for you who I found, um, and she's been my tour guide. Uh, she, she toured, she guided me through these steps, um, enabled me to have a spiritual awakening and, um, establish a relationship with my higher power. Uh, I, I, um, should just inform you all that I have been in another, um, another recovery 12 step program for many, many years. And I never had met a sponsor or sponsored in such a way where I was just brought through the book. Um, my experience was, and I did this as well as sponsoring, I would maybe try to counsel, I would try to do everything that I wasn't prepared to do. I would try to, um, I wanted a sponsor to maybe try and fix me, um, to tell me what to do about my marriage, to tell me what to do about my kids, to to maybe maybe just talk about my problems. I didn't really want the solution. So when I found the sponsor, um, I was ready and desperate enough to just go through these steps in a rapid pace to recover, and it worked um i can tell you before not going through the book at a, in a rapid pace and through the steps i did not get recovery i was searching for i you get the results that you put into it and um so i always i often tell people that i don't believe that my my current sponsor even knew my husband's name for 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 quite a while or how many kids i have because and the reason i share that is because it didn't Matter. It did not matter as much as I believed for all these years that it mattered that she knows everything about me and she knows how I feel about everything. It didn't matter. She was there to guide me to the solution in the book and it has, it has reaped results tenfold that I could ever imagine. Um, We have a different relationship now where I share definitely far more and we go back and forth, but initially going through those steps at a rapid pace was, um, it was a matter of life and death. So I have a sponsor, and um, and again, you know, and also on top of that, it wasn't her job to tell me, this is how many meetings you go to, and this is exactly how you need, what food plan you have. Um, again, the key point, and the key point of this book is to establish a relationship with a higher power. Um, that would solve my problem. So um, where I started, um, I, you know, there was some experience as a child that I don't know that they made me a compulsive overeater. I, I don't. I I used to try to think that and blame that um, for many years that it was because of my mom that I'm the way I am. And, and that kept me trapped for, for quite a long time um, but there's some experiences that I had that certainly contributed to me going to to how I used food to how I um, to how I ate. Um, it was definitely my solution it was definitely my comfort. Um, I just rem- remember a few things as a child that I remember getting caught, you know, and some of these may just be child things because I know I have kids who I don't believe are compulsive readers, and, and, I mean, we like to sneak things, but I would, I'd be in the, um, my mom would make Christmas cookies, and I would be up in the attic where she'd keep them to, be, to stay cool, and I would be a sneak in there in the middle of the night, and I would just kind of devour, but then I'd go back, and I'd, I'd get more, and, and she'd always wonder where did they all go? Um, I I remember, and and here's where the shame already started around my food. Um, She had this like baking cabinet and she had caramel bars and, and kind of things she'd use for baking. And I would break off pieces of that when I could. And, and she always thought we had mice (laughs) and I obviously knew better, but I would never correct her. You know, I just, let her think we had mice. Um, at a very young age, I was sent to Weight Watchers, and again, you know, I used that for a long time as um, my. Oh, I was, I was so, um, I was so shamed. And but when I was sent to Weight Watchers, I don't know that that. Well, I know that that's not what made me a compulsive overeater, but I know that those were things i used you know to 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 eat over um to continue to feel and i didn't know how to deal with that shame either that i it just was it was piling up and piling up and um and so that experience there feeling different i didn't know anyone around me who my friends weren't in weight watchers my friends um weren't it sent to there and, and so i was are you know starting to feel different i remember um a boy in in middle school that another one of those compounding moments in my mind that determined whether i was um going to keep on eating or not you could have gone one way or the other i suppose was i liked this boy in middle school and he said she's cute but she's a little overweight and I will <laughs> I will never ever forget that. Um I've inventoried it since, but you can guarantee that when that a boy says that to you when you're twelve years old and you have to inventory it when you're forty, you're probably a you're probably an compulsive overreader or an addict of some sort. Um, let's see. Um my mom my mom definitely um Again, I don't, you know, I don't know, the, I don't know the heredity or the, the how this, it's in your genes or anything. I just know that this did run in my family. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of memory of. I know my mom would definitely, she would go on like fudge buying binges and, and sugar buying binges. And like I said, I met my sister this weekend and she has a lot more memory than I do. But um she, and then she would work out like a maniac. And then my mom would just work out like a maniac. And um, she actually passed away in um, my middle 20s. Um, so about 15 years ago. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, it was about, Thirteen years ago this year, um, from overdosing on fentanyl. So my mom too definitely struggled with the compulsive overeating part, and then the trying to manage it part, and and this lack of a higher power, um, trying to to fulfill that that hole um, with something. And, and we all have it, you know, trying to fulfill it with with uh, food, exercise, anything um, other than what we're meant to fill it with. And again, there in lies when my mom died was a lot of fear that I'm going to end up just like that. Um, then a lot of determination. I refuse to end up like that. Um, uh, I don't know how to not end up like that, um, so it is with deep gratitude that I sit here. She was 46 when she died, and I'm 40 today, and it is with deep, deep gratitude that I'm going into my 40s with being recovered, and, um, it is with deep gratitude. So, um, any, I had mentioned that I was in this, I've been in another um, program for many, many years. And in that I'm 11 years sober now. And so that means I've been sponsoring women for all these years. And, and I, the reason I say that is so this whole time I've been using food and, and, and it increasingly started to get worse and worse. Um, for a while it just, well, I never really I, I kind of thought I have a problem with sugar, you know, and I would read I would read the sugar addicts books and um I and as we have read in our book, I've tried everything ad nauseum. Um and and tried it again and tried it again because truthfully in my mind coming to OA was the absolute last option um i in my mind and i believed in everyone else's mind that if i surrendered this fight then i was a complete loser then i had completely failed because you see i saw so many people winning this battle um and they could they could manage they could they could Abstain. They could use their willpower, and they didn't. I, I, why could I? What was wrong with me? um But I kept having this inkling that I have something internally that I do not react the same way. But I still wouldn't surrender to OA. Um, so I, as I, I sat in the meetings as well um that I was attending, and I, and we were using the book. And I would try to apply it um, myself without coming to OA. And it still just wasn't working. I really needed that identifying in aspect that I get from talking with other compulsive overeaters. Um, So I I had this idea for a long, long time. And I had tried many, many other other avenues. Um, Just some some examples of the unmanageabilities of of my using. Um, I mean I, I remember going through I, I was I've been married prior and I was going through my first um, divorce and I mean that was my solution. Um, I had a, a good idea. I mean, I kind of had a, had it somewhat, right? I knew where to search. like I always was drawn to the lake. We live in Wisconsin. Where I live, we live by a big, vast, beautiful lake. We live by Lake Michigan. And one of my favorite places to go and is to look out upon that lake or any body of water. I get a lot of peace. As I was going through my divorce, I would go to the lake, but I also would stop at Walgreens on the way and buy like ten. $15 worth of like candy and that is how I coped with my divorce going through it that's how I would make my decisions Um, I as I was saying a few minutes ago and I would I was sponsoring women in this other program under these this um, cloud of 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 sugar and, and of of my diluted thinking that's how I was I was functioning, making decisions, parenting, just constantly under this, this veil of, of, of sugar. And, and I don't know, um, cause that is, that was my drug of no choice. It was the one that I had. I went to, um, to get my, uh, you know, when I needed to feel better at the end of the day, that is what I came home to. And, um, I couldn't get it in fast enough. And when I needed to cope with life, I couldn't get it in fast enough. Um, towards the end of my, towards the end, the bitter end, um, there's a couple of stories that um, are not as, they're, they're pretty ugly. Um, my kids, this is actually isn't even near the end. This was, Oh, gosh! I mean, we're talking a good eight to ten years ago. Um, my kids had a kitten, and it was a brand new baby kitten and um, I've never shared this story before so and and I'll tell you, I prayed as I've been taught to pray as long as as along with my meditating before I spoke this morning, I prayed your. Your words, my voice. So I'm just sharing with you what God wants me to share today. Um, So my kids had this kitten, and it was brand new. And um, you know, I was doing my coping with life by binging, and what that would mean is um, a lot of the time I would pass out, just like an alcoholic. You know, I would I would pass out stone cold. I I mean, and and I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about in this drug-stupid state, and and I would wake up lethargic and and hungover. And um, I remember one particular day, um, oh, and, you know, along with the dysfunction of everything else, I mean, I was dysfunctional at home, and I didn't know how to put my kids to bed at a reasonable time or put them in their own beds. I mean, we all kind of, like, for a long, long time, we slept out in the living room together. I mean, it just was dysfunction. It's not the way that it's supposed to go, at least to have a peaceful life. It was it was pretty chaotic and crazy. Um, anyway, I went to work on one particular day, and my daughter called me hysterical in the afternoon that she um, had found a cat in this tiny little kitten, like, probably the size of my hand um, had been, had been squished underneath one of the the couch cushions. And um, I share this story because I did that. I did that because of my, um, I did that. And it's a sad story and I hate sharing it, um, but I I need to share that because I did that because of my compulsive overeating and that was a consequence. And um, I think my kids kind of like, They poo-poo it, and they don't really, they don't want, you know, they don't, they're gentle on me, and they don't want me to feel terrible, that Monty really didn't, it was an accident. But I know that it was because I was in such a sugar doped-up state that um, I didn't wake up. I was so passed out. Um, Another um, thing that I've done multiple, multiple times, as I've tried to manage my um, compulsive overeating is I, I I took laxatives for a long, long time. And um, I work in a professional setting just as many of us do, and um, I, there have been several times where I had not made it to the restroom. Talk about um, demoralizing behavior. Demoralizing ways to try and control my eating, control control the way that I just to control this disease. I mean, I have gone to the extreme to try and um, and and I'll tell you what that didn't happen once. It happened many times. You know, I I I had to eat. And so in order to compromise for my binge, I had to use that solution because that's the only solution I had. And um, I've I've had to call coworkers from the bathroom multiple times and say, can you help me? Demoralizing, absolutely demoralizing. That is not a picture of grace and dignity, I can tell you that. So the good news, <laughs> the good news is... Um, I came into OA last February. After finally driving home one night, um, uh, me and my husband had, it ended up that we had a free night and um, he was, he, I had my last binge um, planned. I had driven out and got my favorite um, apple pie in a bag. I mean, the most, the thing that could get me into the coma the quickest, you know, that could just like a shot right in my veins. And I had that and I had, um, I, of course, I didn't just have that. I had a couple of more things and I had it in my car and I was driving home and my, I didn't think my husband was going to be home, but he happened to surprise me that um, he had a free night and he he showed up and I was so mad. He ruined my plan, um, I ended up sending him away and I went in and I, I had my, my relationship with my true love and, um, and it was right around this time too, I believe, that it was a time that I was choking, um, literally choking because I was eating while I was driving and um, I couldn't stop. I was still choking, but I was still shoving it in. I was like coughing and shoveling food in at the same time because I wanted that effect so badly. Um, so the very next day after I had my husband away, um, is when I just, I surrendered. I said, this isn't working for me anymore. I had, I am going to die. I'm going to die. I wanted to kill myself. Um, I felt so hopeless. I, I needed to to seek help. So I did go to my first meeting the very next day. Um, as I'd shared earlier, I I didn't, um, meet up with a, 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 book study meetings for my first few months, but of June of last year, I started on the steps and, um, you know, right away I, I was, I identified in that I had both, I had the obsession of the mind and I had the allergy of the body. I, I had to, I had to identify that. And I knew, and in order to, um, to, become abstinent I needed to identify what my binge foods were for me and for me I needed to write those down Um, and I'll tell you what in the beginning I heard a long time ago that um, that my binge foods when I came in my list of things I could eat was big and um, my list of my binge foods was small I can tell you a year later that's flipped and I can tell you that that scared me to death in the beginning. A year ago, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, food is my God. Food is my savior. Food is what I go to and um, it has flipped and, and it's a good thing. I promise. Um, There, there was a saying I heard in the beginning, how free do you want to be? And as I've gone through the past year, I've I've encountered different things that have either I've tried to get an effect from um, or have given me an effect that I didn't anticipate, so I've had to add them to my list. And as I'm fighting those things, in my mind I have to say, okay, how free do you want to be? And they go on the list. Um, what I eat now is very, very... Um, it's very small in comparison to before. And I thought that, that, what is that? That's not freedom. You know, that freedom is being able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. I really believed Mm. that. But I'm realizing that freedom, that is not freedom. Freedom is being able to um, have, freedom is, not having the food run my life freedom is freedom is actually being so fulfilled in life and in in god that oh my gosh i forgot to eat breakfast wait till that happens <laughs> that's freedom that's amazing um so we worked through um i started working with my sponsor um you know i got through to when i'm, I'm going through in my mind here when I got up to step three, um, I remember her saying, was I was I ready um, to basically to go on with the rest of these steps? Did I believe that did I believe that there possibly was something greater than me that I was willing to to stop making my own decisions and to keep moving forward? And I remember specifically saying to her, I absolutely believe there is. I don't believe I'm walking hand in hand with it, him, her, or anything right now. And she told me that that was okay. I just needed to have an open mind. That was a huge relief for me. I just, I remember that distinctly. I always thought I needed to come to this with a a relationship with my higher power already. And that held me back for a long time because we are not... Coming here cleaned up, you guys. We are not coming here all pretty. We are coming here, blood, sweat, and tears, and just a mess. And and that was okay. Coming here a complete mess. Um. Um. Let's, we moved on to the the inventory process, and um, I was encouraged to write down everything, and um. And I did, and it, and it tells us in the book for good reason to be thorough and honest. And I wrote down every single time that I had every fear, and 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 that is the benefit I reaped from from being that honest. The freedom, again, that how free do you want to be? Writing down, you know, what I'm working with my son sees now that like, well, do I need to write down this? I'm like, just write it down. Just write it down. You know, if you're in, if you question it, just write it down. Um, Cause I just found so much freedom in writing out it's just the silliest ones to me that in logically I would think are silly are, you know, how I'm resentful at the PTA moms at my son's school, but man, those women, I gave them so much power, and um, and it, not writing them down because I thought it sounded petty was killing me, so I needed to write every single one down. Um, you know, I'm going to touch a little bit more on six and seven as I um, wrap up because I've recently been um, practicing six and seven quite a bit. Um, so I'm going to just jump over here to um, the amends process then, and let me just say that this all occurred. These steps, going through the steps, occurred probably in I'd say maybe two and a half months, and that that pace worked for me to to again to um, to make that spiritual experience happen. It's like I remember. Hearing somewhere from a speaker um, that we're in a race. We are in a race to get through these amends to save our lives. Once we start, once we start the steps, we are it's it's a matter of life and death. And then when we get through our amends, then it's it's still definitely a matter of life and death on a daily basis. But to get through to nine, it's a it's a race. It's not a slow and tedious well. I'm going to maybe do my inventory and do those next, you know, next year when I feel more ready, or I'm going to make a few of these amends now and make a few later. No, I found that it's um, it's vital and crucial and a matter of life and death. And so, which then brings me again to eight and nine, what I was talking about, um, you know, it's been very important for me to do, it says all, all, not a few, all. And um, in the in, as I mentioned, I'd been in the program prior to OA, and I didn't do all, you know. There's words in this book that are meant to mean <laughs> what they say. And the word all and every and must, there's a lot of, of those in this book. It's a book of suggestions, but it um, it basically you can, and it's, I've heard it been say, that it's also suggested that you pull the 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 chute on your parachute when you jump out of an airplane that's also suggested but if you don't do it it's likely that you're going to suffer severe consequences and so there's a lot of words in the book that are suggested but they're here to save our lives and um so yes when I got to the amends it's it's been imperative that I'm doing all of my amends and, and making all of them and um I had some amazing, amazing experiences with them. Um, one of them was um, just that I didn't even think was, was important. It, it was, um, or not important, but I didn't think, I, it was to an ex-boyfriend from 20 years ago. And I thought, I am going to reach out to this guy and he's going to think I am so nuts because he's not even going to remember me. And, um, in, in fact, he was so grateful. He literally had been carrying that around with him this whole time because it, it, it harmed him. It scarred him and it harmed him, and he was so grateful and relieved that I um, cleared some things up for him in the way he was looking at things. So we just don't know. We have no idea. There's been other ones where I thought that it was going to go I was far more important than um than I really was, where they just were like, eh, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, so my perceptions of myself are often skewed. Um, but we with the help of a sponsor, you know, we we worked through um I, I worked through some scripts of what I was going to say. I didn't go through all of the scripts because after a while, you know, I I had a, I had now established a relationship with a higher power and I knew but there were some of the major difficult ones that I ran through the wording with her so I wanted to make sure that I was asking them what is there anything else that I don't know that they needed to share with me and what I could do to make it right the amends process was m- one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life um for anyone out there who's afraid of that it 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 is it's something you don't want to miss Um, which then brings me to 10 and 11 and, um, 10 and 11 have been amazing, amazing and, and detrimental. Um, I did not realize or learn how detrimental they were up until this past couple of months, actually. Um, I, I decided to branch out career wise and to make some changes and, um, and my meditation and prayer world got rocked quite a bit. And there's a, a reading in the 12 and 12, um, the AA 12 and 12, where it talks about um, we, after we make regular use of such things, we, we wouldn't do without them any more than we would food and water or something. I, I'm probably not quoting it exactly, but basically you get the gist of it that we... And I always read that, and I thought, eh, I don't know that's that's a bit much and after I had been doing prayer and meditation for a while, and this past month when my timing um it kind of just got i i stopped doing it in the way that I was doing it. I can tell you it is true um, I felt like my soul was just being depleted um i missed prayer and meditation so much like i was missing air and water and i made changes to go back to i i I went back to the way things were before i made the career changes because that was my top reason was that my prayer and meditation life was um affected so greatly and i would have never believed that um so I, I, that experience among it showed me so many things among many other, and then it kind of leads me to what I was sharing, wanted to share about six and seven, um, and y- actually all of them. I, um, I, in those decisions that I made in the past couple of months, and this is kind of yeah applying all of the steps currently in my life. Um, so I was just sharing how I made direct amends um, and I've never really, I've never before now have I ever really faced things. I've always been a runner, right? We we go and we cause a bunch of chaos and havoc and then I'm just either going to quit that job or I'm going to just leave that marriage or that relationship and and then we then learn that we go back and make amends. But I've never maybe caused some things, not maliciously or not intentionally, but maybe some things by circumstance. People get hurt. Um, like for say, I had to leave a job and there's another person there who got hurt by that. And she gets greatly affected. Um, I've never had to stay and face it and be dignified and handle it with dignity and grace. I've never had to do that. And so this has been a great experience recently of me having to be honest, to say this isn't working, um, to handle it, looking people straight in the eye, not to duck and dodge. Um, that has been a huge, huge experience. The other part of that is I have to return now to a job that I wasn't the greatest at for a very long time. Um, I was, I was stoned 99% of the time, um, I was very careless and lazy, and I'm going back there now. So the first thing that my boss that I'm going back there said is, you know, there's been some rumblings that your your cases aren't, very, aren't up to par, and I, because of this program and a God of my understanding, was able to just go, you're right you know, and my intent is to come back and establish a new reputation and to be an asset to you and to my fellows. And I never knew how to do that before. Um, So this has just been such an incredible experience. Um, I'm here, like I said in the beginning, I'm here in um, Texas visiting with my sister and there's been a, a couple of uncomfortable situations as um as we all understand um and in the past I used well it, mm. actually actually um one time years ago I I flew back early because I was so uncomfortable that's the kind of chaos that I and harm I would cause I just duck and run I just this is uncomfortable I need to run um but I've been taught to see where I can be of service um, she has two little children, and what like there's not an opportunity to be of service there um, you know it gets uncomfortable, and i have I have many tools that I can utilize today, whereas a year ago I had none and i I encourage each and every one of you this this can happen. It, it can happen for you. I promise you, I guarantee you a year ago, I never in a million years thought that I'd be sharing this story with you. I was hopeless. I, um, I, I was determined. I was doomed to die the same way as my mom. And, um, I don't, I don't see that future anymore. Um, I do live, um, I do pack into the stream of life today. Um, and I try on a daily basis to, to um, see where I can be a help to others and, and to ask for help in correcting the, the areas where I've, I'm wrong. Because believe me, those are there every day, you know, every single day. Um, I'm not flying on a spiritual plane, um, but I just keep on trying. So um, that is all I have.
0: Stacey, thank you so much for sharing your story of transformation with us. And, of course, that transformation is the result of these 12 steps. Thank you so much. We're going to offer Stacey's contact information at the conclusion of this recording, so hang on for that. And at this time, we welcome any questions you might have for Stacey, and you can direct your questions to her by pressing star 1 to unmute who has a question for Stacy this morning.
1: Good morning. This is Santa.
0: Hi, Santa. Go ahead. Good morning, Stacey. Thank you so much for your share this morning. My name is Santa from New Jersey, a newly recovered compulsive overeater. And my question for you is, can you uh, share with us um, more about how quickly you actually went through the steps with your step guide? Um, specifically, can you please give me the time frame that it took from start to finish, the meeting times that you had with your guide as to how often you met with each other, um, and also what are those meeting times
1: like after you have done the steps? Thank you. Sure. Um, my experience and the way that I also try to sponsor now is, um, you know, I can't give you an exact um, timeline as far as going through them just because there's so many different variables um, when you have conflicts of schedule or or, but I can give you a general guideline I mean just that what we tried to do we tried to do three times a week for a half an hour Um, and that's what I tried to do with people I sponsor Um, and that got me you know I would call her uh, we'd schedule Three phone calls a week 30 minutes apiece and that got me um, and, and and it's been my experience sponsoring too that that got that gets us through to the ninth step in a, a good couple of months I'd say I'd say for sure two two and a half that gets us to the ninth step um, and then you asked um, how often I honestly, I use a lot of um a lot of other spiritual guides and um spiritual mentors and so that's going to be different for a lot of different people and a lot of different in in your experience and, and your sponsor. I text with my sponsor quite frequently, but I talk with her I do once a month. Um but, again, that's going to be a case-by-case basis because I have a lot of other – it's just you're going to come up – that's something that her and I have come up with. And I have sponsors that I talk with weekly, and I have sponsors that I talk with um, once every couple of weeks as needed. And it's just a case-by-case basis. But I do talk with her for sure at least once a month, and then we text Um also, so I hope that answers your question.
2: Thank you, Santa. Who's next? Star one to unmute. This is Rasha from Minnesota. I have a question. Go ahead,
0: Rasha. Hi, Stacy, thank you so much for your share, and I'm grateful that you got the message to share about about the kitten. I know that must have been very hard for you, and those are the kind of things that we need to hear. We need to be reminded of how, uh, how far addiction can take us and the awful things that happen, so thank you for that. Uh, my question is um, regarding the amends that you made to the former boyfriend. I was wondering if you'd just be willing to share a little more detail about that um uh, about what was surprising and how he was holding on to it
1: would- r- really appreciate that thank you sure um you know i don't there's it's it's it, it more is just the the thing that was surprising is just i think how we minimize how much we affect people um that the the story in itself isn't that exciting um i mean i i was i was drunk and um cheated on him, and I broke his heart you know and and that was pretty much the end of the relationship and I needed to amend that I've never amended that and so when i and again it was twenty years later we were just young kids and and i i fa I figured he he's married now. He's got be- he's got a beautiful family. He's happy. He does not want to hear from me. And um, in in over the years we had had contact through Facebook or, or seeing each other. So we knew and we were friends actually on the social media sites. But I'd never directly made an amends. And um, so we knew that the other was out there, and it was just a casual hi, how are you kind of thing. Um, but I had no idea how much. We just don't know how much our selfishness um, affects other people. And I think that's what was so impactful about that one is that I minimized it so much to think that it wasn't, I don't affect people as much as I do. And so when he came back and was so grateful that I had had cleared up some of those ideas that you know he thought it was him, and he he all these years he'd been holding on to that he thought it was his fault, and he and he needed to hear that this was me, and I needed to clear that up, and that gave him freedom. And I'm going to tell you, that was so powerful, um, so powerful how how God works in those, and and we do these steps to allow allow Him to work you know it's when we we this is how we tap into that by by allowing god to work through us and that was a very powerful one
2: thank you rasha for that question anyone else Are one to unmute. Yes, I have a question. Yes, your name, please.
0: My name is Patty. Patty, go ahead. Thank yes, you. Um, you said you
1: were in another 12-step program, and um, I'm also in another 12-step program and have been for about 20 years. And um, I was wondering, did you work the 12-step in that program? It, it, that's a very good question. Um, I did. Um but it just, I don't know, it's a good question, but I don't really know how to answer it, honestly. Because I don't know if I just wasn't desperate enough yet to to hold, you know, to, to take in all that the big book was offering um, until I hit a bottom with food. I'm just, I just don't really know why. I don't know why. It was certainly offered. Um, the solution was certainly offered um, in my other twelve step program. Um, I just never worked through the steps and had a spiritual awakening the way I did this past year with going through it with o a and again i don't know if that's just because I needed to hit that that bottom with with food. Um, I can tell you that it has increased um, and and just been and an obviously such an asset to to my other program. I mean, it's I I'm not even I don't work nearly the same program or sponsor the same way I did. So it's just it's been all around beneficial for for
2: both programs. Thank you, Patty, for the question. Anyone else? Good morning. This is Nan. Hi, Nan. Your turn. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Sharon, right? Oh, it's Stacy. Stacy.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Stacy. Okay. Um, I'm I'm doing um the fourth step, and I'm on the fourth step, and um I was had a little difficulty with the fear inventory. Can you talk about that at
0: all? A little bit.
1: Um. Can you give me more of a like
0: i i was having to i'm having trouble coming up with you know um the fears that i i obviously sure. carry out sure. yeah
1: sure i have i have um i have a great understanding of that actually um i i remember when i did my four, first inventory um i and this wasn't the one i did last year but um it like the things that I wrote down were "I'm afraid of snakes, um I'm afraid of heights, things like that, very obvious fears, and those not to say that they can't go on an inventory now, but what I've learned is that I'm really afraid of far more than snakes and 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 heights. I'm afraid to get out of bed in the morning. I mean the fear runs my life when I'm not doing this. I was afraid of everyone I encountered. I was afraid you knew who I was inside. I was afraid you hated me as much as I do. Um, I was afraid you knew what I did. I was afraid that you were going to get the promotion, and I wasn't. I was afraid I was going to get the promotion, and then I, what then? What do I do? Um, always just terrified I wasn't good enough. Um, a good barometer is if when I was doing an inventory, when you're walking around throughout the day, and you see someone, or you're in a situation, and you get that little twinge in your gut, if you can pay attention to that, write that name down, that situation down. There was a lot of people that would, you know, I'd get this like, uh, you know, um, whether that was a resentment or that was a fear. I was like ashamed of something or am I, it, somehow I'd get that feeling, write that name down. That might be a good place to start. But if you pay attention, I think you'll feel that. You'll feel that feeling and you'll go, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that was a fear.
2: Oh, thank you very much, Stacey. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Nan, for the question.
2: Thank you.
0: Anyone else?
2: Hi, and this is Alexis Nisha?
0: Nisha. Let's start again. I didn't catch those names specifically. Uh, this is Alexis share? Alexis. And who else with a question? My name is Nisha, and I'm from Minnesota. Okay. Let's start with Alexis, please, your question. Hi,
1: I'm Alexis in Maryland, and um I want to thank you so much for your share um, I could identify with a lot and um and my question is you you mentioned um you know the the list of, of foods that you that were clear you needed to abstain from and that that list has grown and I was just wondering um I know that we were you know beyond the food and the emotional habit of living experience all that but um as as you've discovered foods that are, um, I don't know, I guess uh, that you don't have freedom from, as you put it that way, um, um, and you add them to your list, if there's sort of anything extra you do to sort of acknowledge that, um, uh, you know, has that happened in the course of working through the steps, and do you go back to step one and in, any, in any form? Um, anyway, that's, I hope my question is clear. Thank you. Um, yes, I do acknowledge them. I've either acknowledged them, like there's been certain things where I've realized, oh yeah, this is, this is now I'm, you know, my sponsor pointed out to me that in step 10, it says that our next function is, our our next function is to grow in understanding. And, um, you know, I've just become more and more honest and aware. And, um, There are things that I, not that they just, not, there are things that I'm just doing now that are more healthy for me because God just, my God just wants me to be a more healthy human being. You know, maybe they, they weren't problematic and and they may, may not be problematic for someone else, but I've eliminated things that just aren't good for me either. Um, but then as there there are definitely things that have come up um that perhaps I'm going yeah this just this is just something that I I need to eliminate and then yes I will acknowledge it I have um I've done it with my sponsor and I also have a sponsee that we exchange food plans with um a, a lot of the time and so I'll acknowledge it with her and they'll say yeah you know what I'm going to eliminate this because it's just not um and then after I've acknowledged that and I put it on there if I return to that and I know that that's something that i'm it's not good for me and that's something um then yeah i I would go back to step one after you know after I've put it on my my food my list of foods that Trigger my binging or things that I'm powerless over. Now that I'm well aware and I know, yes, then then I would. Um, There are definitely some foods that I absolutely know that if I if I return to them, then absolutely. There's there's definitely black and white. There's no gray there. I I hope that answers your question.
2: Thank you, Alexis. Um Nishia,
0: your turn. Um, this is my second day in the
1: program, and um, I was curious about your finding a sponsor and how you found one that was a good fit for you. If you could talk about that, please. Sure. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I... Well, I'll start. I just I was listening to A Vision for You and there were a couple of people who were sharing that I really, you know, they rang my bell. I could really relate to 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 how they shared and 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 so if you're listening and 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 you hear someone that you really you relate to the way they they talk and and how they share and and it just speaks to you, then you know, give a call. We have the the phone list, and that's what I did. I just called, and and she happened to have an opening, and um, and I was able to um get a sponsor that way. Um, but I also want to reiterate just what I said in the beginning that, I mean, I, I was. It, it isn't so much. Well, you do need to have like some you have to be able to relate a little bit. So, um, you know, that is important um, and your schedules and everything to get that going. But it isn't so much about that we have to be alike or anything. And I know you didn't say that, but I just, that was something that I um, had to realize is that I don't, me and my sponsor don't really have to have anything in common except for this disease. And common solution and that was something that i really had to realize um that you know um my sponsor is single and doesn't have children and i have been married twice and have three children and two stepchildren and so there was no similarities as far as lifestyles none and there still isn't but but it has definitely worked because she just Carried the solution to me and and also wanted me to rely on a higher power, so encouraged that more than relying on her. Um, but so anyway, to get back to your question, sorry, um, the just I got it by just reaching out, um, but there's also the after meeting where people will volunteer on weekdays or people will volunteer and say that they're available to sponsor. And you can also say, I'm looking for a sponsor on the after meeting um, Monday through Friday.
2: Thank you, Nishia, for the question. Anyone else with questions this morning? Star one, to mute.
1: Ann, I have a question.
2: Yes, and your name? Ann. Go ahead.
1: Hi. Um.
2: I was when things come during the day, do you call your
0: sponsor only or text, or do you talk to other covered
1: sponsors? I'm really sorry. I didn't hear the beginning of the question. I'm sorry. Um, How do you talk the 10th step? Oh, um, I'm glad you brought that up um the 10th step yeah i i have a a group of i have a handful or you know i have a i've been lucky that way i have a lot of recovered people um so as far as the 10th step i don't even really use my sponsor for that actually i just have a lot of other people that i've established relationships with um and or I do it inside, depending on meaning me and God, depending on the, you know, the, the intensity of the situation or, or whatever. But as I'm doing that inventory, um, and actually, I'll just share real quickly. Um, my husband and I had gotten into a practice a little bit in the past year um, where we were doing daily inventories with each other. That was a very cool experience. Um, we were going through the questions in the book um, um, and and being accountable to each other. Um, I've done it in multiple different ways. I've done it in a group setting. I've done it over the phone with different women. Um, I've done it. Um, now I'm just doing it. Um, me and my husband will do it every once in a while now. Um, but now I'm just doing it again. Like I'll make a phone call and reach out if I need to bounce it off someone and help me help. Have them help me inventory it, or you know, there's other ones like right now when I'm, you know, in in with my sister and things, where if, as things come up, I can kind of inventory them with myself and God, or come and write them down. Come up in my room and write it out. Um, so that's how I practice ten right now.
0: Thank you, Anne, for the question. And thank you to all who posed questions this morning Santa, Rasha, Patty, Nan, Alexis, Nishia. Thank you all. And of course, thank you, Stacy, for that message of hope and possibility this morning as a result of these steps. We thank you for your time and your story of transformation. And I'm going to close a vision for you this morning in the way that we always close. Our meetings, and that's from the page one sixty four from a chapter entitled "Division for You." Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.